Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary on a Fights in Football Friday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in with your watching on YouTube. Uh, hit the subscribe button, like the video. If you are listening on podcast, thank you. Um, download wherever you can and rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Uh, leave a review, leave a rating. All that stuff really does help out a whole lot. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, it is Fights in Football Friday. Apologies for not getting to you on Thursday with our NFL Power Ranking show. Was feeling a little under the weather. Basically, at the exact moment that the Wednesday podcast went up, uh, my body was just like, yeah, you know what, let's take a couple of days off. But uh, woke up feeling refreshed this morning for a Fights in Football Friday. So we are going to get into a pick per, uh, pick per game in every NFL game. That's how we're going to preview this this week. We're going to get some CFL picks in as well. And then it is UFC Noche this weekend. Uh, we will get into the main event of that bout with Alexa Grasso defending her championship against Valentina Shevchenko. As always, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, along with TikTok. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Um, just quickly off the top, an abysmal series for the Toronto Blue Jays. It did not get better after I called it pathetic and embarrassing. Even if this team makes the playoffs now, I have zero hope for them going forward. And there's nothing in the last whatever that's going to get me there. So it, it will be cool if there are hats and shirts that have 2023 playoffs on it with the Blue Jays. But they're going to have to be basically in the American League Championship Series before I'm taking this team seriously. And before I am saying that big changes or before I am changing my opinion, that big changes have to be made. So that is where I'm at on that one. So um, that is it. Rant over. Let's get in to some talk on the NFL as fights and football Friday starts now. Point three. So those are our NFL picks for week two coming off of a very strong week one. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein. And this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week, wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, let's, uh, first of all, Thursday night football, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are very good, and Minnesota just kind of isn't. Um, from a fantasy perspective, you like seeing Addison being used deep in the passing game. Um, Justin Jefferson is phenomenal, and the fumble out the end zone rule continues to be really stupid, but not stupid enough that you have to make giant changes to it or, or anything of that nature. Um, oh, my cat, who has not been seen from in the last, like, the entirety of this day, is now... Making an appearance here. Yeah, big stretch. There you go. There you go. And now she's seeing for the first time that the dog is also in the room. So there's no way that this goes poorly now. But um, for the Eagles, you would like to see a little bit more in the passing game, but they ran it down Minnesota's throat. And we knew coming in to this season that this backfield was going to be by committee and how they decided is going to be different than how maybe we would decide it. But for... Um, for people who were like, oh, DeAndre Swift, you can never use him. Uh, fantasy, maybe not, because who knows when these nights are going to come again. But this was a reminder that he is still, I think, pretty good. And I think he's still the, the best running back that the, the Eagles have. Uh, that's my opinion on the matter anyway. So Thursday Night Breakdown done. Let's get into our pick per game. We did well last week. 11-4 uh, overall, 6-2 and two on the picks that we clicked. So feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty pretty 
pretty good about it. Um, let's get into Kansas City against Jacksonville. Um, on the Kansas City side, obviously some concerns about last week and a loss to Detroit, but they got 10 days to prepare for Jacksonville coming off of a, a playoff game last year. Chris Jones, I would imagine, is in. Um, it sounds like Jason Kelsey is uh, has been limited this week, but it sounds like he'll be good to go for Sunday, at least at the time of recording this, so I think they will be fine. The wide receiver room is a big, big problem in Kansas City, that they have some real struggles there, um, and continue to, to not really know what they're going to do at running back with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, and some of those guys, but... Um, so it's, it's a bit of unpredictability, and this is going to be a week where we're going to need to see Kansas City really step up in a big-time way. On the Jacksonville side of things, Calvin Ridley last week was phenomenal. Uh, led the team in routes run, led the team in targets, and was just an absolute superstar. That's in week one. This is, I, I think, something that is going to continue on down the line. Um... One of the big things that I took from last week, Zay Jones, 61 snaps to Christian Kirk, who just had 43. So very surprising. I, I kind of thought that honestly, that that would be uh, flipped around. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see my, my cat is um, using my hat as a scratch post. But um, for, for Zay Jones to be the, the number two kind of shocked me a little bit. So I'll be interested to see if that split continues. And only 15 snaps for our boy Tank Bigsby. Now, that that's something I'm going to look for. We're not going to do the, the same thing we did last week where I have a question for every game and like what I'm looking for and things of that nature. But what I am looking for from this one and from this week just in general, the rookie running backs getting more involved. We saw across the league around 20 snaps, not even unless their name was B. John Robinson. So we'll see now, does um, does Tank Bigsby factor in more than just 15 snaps? If not, Travis Etienne could have uh, another big day here. My pick for this game is Kansas City minus three and a half. I just think with, um, with Kelsey having a, another week to prepare, with this team kind of now knowing what they have a wide receiver, and I am going to say, Kadarius Toney is not going to have that bad of a game again for the, the rest of the season. I think they're going to be able to, to get those guys going. It wouldn't surprise me if the first play of the game was a hitch pass over to, to Kadarius Tony just to get the ball in his hands and get him going, um, unless he drops that, and then it's just an absolute nightmare, and he's probably playing in the USFL next year. But um, I, I do think that Kansas City gets the job done here in this game. I think their offense does figure it out. Bye, Bailey. Um, and I, I think they're able to, to get it done. I, again, I have a lot of respect for what Jacksonville can do, but a, a victory over the Indianapolis Colts doesn't tell me a whole lot about them getting to the level of Kansas City. So I like Kansas City minus three and a half. Our DraftKings play from this is going to be Zay Jones at uh, 4.7. Um, 4,700, 4, there we go. I have it written down as 4.7K, which, I mean, like, it, it makes sense. It's a weird way to say it, but that, it was just the easiest way to, uh, to, to write it down. Are you okay back there now? Oh, my dog is laying right by my chair. I literally can't move. I'm stuck here for the rest of the day now. Uh, Vegas taking on the Buffalo Bills, a game that I'm going to have a, a special interest in. Um, a couple of things from the, the Buffalo side. Last week was concerning. Um, they, they lose on Monday night to the, the New York Jets. There is no Aaron Rodgers, and Ben Solak put it perfectly this week. You would hope now that by year six with Josh Allen, he would realize, like, look, we are taking on a Jets team that just lost their starting quarterback, kind of a, a heart and soul guy in Aaron Rodgers and, and what he has meant to this group so far this season, or in the, so far this season, he played four fucking plays, but in the lead up to this season, that this is a, a heart and soul type of a guy, 
and for for them to lose it, you kind of need to, as a quarterback, be mature enough to say, look, I just need to not fuck this up and we're going to win this game. And quite frankly, he fucked it up. Uh, the, the one was just basically an arm punt that like they were going to punt on fourth down anyway. So that one was whatever. But there was a couple of times where it took points off the board, what, what he was doing. And you just can't do that against the, a, a defense that's as good as the Jets and B, um, a, a team that was going to have the struggles they had given that the changes at quarterback. So some maturing needs to happen for Josh Allen. And I would predict he's going to go out and kick the shit out of this Raiders defense and everything is going to, like there's going to be oh Josh Allen's back he's learned from his no 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 beating the raiders does not mean you're an elite team now losing to him means you're a bad team see broncos comma denver but Josh Allen um if they lose this one it's of grave concern for for buffalo then you're 0 2 and your season has already started to spiral but a win here i don't think tells us a lot about what direction Buffalo is going. On the Raiders side of things, last week, one of the things that surprised me, Jacoby Myers' involvement. I am not the biggest Jacoby Myers fan, um, but him being number one on the team in targets before he got blasted um, well, was a bit of a surprise for me. I would not anticipate him being in the lineup this week. And so, but I, I do think that there is something actionable with Jacoby Myers going forward. If, if you didn't draft him, he might be available in some waiver wires, but... Um, I did not anticipate him taking as much of the load as he did. And for the, the Raiders, Hunter Renfro played just 13 snaps in the ball game in their 17-16 win over Denver. I thought that he was someone who would be a perfect fit with a, a Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe not now. That, that, that was a really, really startling number. I think he gets most of the Jacoby Myers work. So again, I think he is due for a big week this week. But that was really surprising to me um, to, to see those numbers coming out of um of Vegas but I mean last week they they pick up a win against Denver they, they played fine um again defensively I don't think we can say a whole lot has improved because you're playing a what I think is a bad Denver Broncos offense without their number one receiver and you are facing a Denver defense that's pretty good so the, the points number isn't going to, to be that high but Overall, I still don't think this is a very good Raiders team. Our DraftKings play, I'm going Josh Jacobs at uh, 7.1K. I'm just going to say it like that. It's weird, but I'm just going to say it. Um, he was out there for 47 snaps. No other Raider running back had more than eight. He is so much a, a crucial part of, of this offense. And the, the Jets were able to, to run on, on Buffalo a little bit. Now, is Josh Jacobs Brees Hall? Kind of. You know, like, not the same type of a player, but Josh Jacobs is one of the best running backs in the league, so I would imagine he has some success in this game. Our pick for this is I'm going under 47 between these two teams. Um, I think that the Raiders' offense will struggle uh, moving the football. That's just how they are. And Buffalo... While I, I do think that there is a bit of explosion in this offense that we didn't see against the Jets on Monday night, I don't know if they're getting to this. Like, I, I think the Raiders could conceivably get 10, I, which means I don't think Buffalo's scoring 40. So I'm going to go with the, the under on this, which is probably going to be a pretty popular play when I see Vegas 
on the card. Baltimore taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals favored by three. They had a rough one against Cleveland. The, the weather makes that game a really difficult one to, to get a read on them, so I am going to give them a bit of a pass for that. And Baltimore, it's tough to get a read on on things. Mark Andrews was out of the lineup, and they were also playing a very bad football team. But Zay Flowers getting 10 targets was really interesting. Um, I do think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be more involved. He led the team, uh, at least receivers, in, in snaps. Obviously, you know, like the quarterback probably led the team in snaps. But for, for wide receivers, Odell Beckham Jr. leads the team in snaps and only gets two targets. I would imagine that number goes up. But Zay Flowers getting 10 targets, maybe that's not going to be every week. As I said, more targets shift over to, to Odell Beckham Jr. And as Mark Andrews becomes a bit more of a factor in this offense, but Flowers, if I remember right, was third in snaps for, for wide receivers behind both uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman. So, I think as the snaps go up, that there's going to be some more looks. So that do we expect 10 targets every week for Zay Flowers? No, but I, I don't think that number is going to drop massively, even with a couple of other big mouths to feed going into this one. Um, obviously disappointing that J.K. Dobbins goes down with a, an injury. Afterwards, it was Gu uh, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards with eight carries each. I... If you can get either of them, that's fine. I think both running backs are, are going to get a bit of work. Um, don't start them right away from a, a fantasy perspective. Um, but I, I still think Baltimore is an offense that's going to impress. On the Cincinnati side of things, like, again, that there isn't going to be a whole lot that really surprises you. Um, Joe Mixon was... Uh, again, really, really solid, and a big part of the, the Cincinnati backfield. No other running back had more than two carries aside from him in that backfield. He is very talented. We'll see what he's able to do against Baltimore this week, but I like the, the Ravens to cover here. I, I got Baltimore plus three, and from a daily fantasy point, um, I'm going Zay Flowers. He's coming in at 5K. Well, we're going to go with Zay Flowers again, someone who I think is going to be a big part of this offense going forward. The Chargers taking on the Tennessee Titans. Um, I like I, I, I'm interested in both of these teams. The, the Chargers, like that game last week against Miami, was one of the wildest games that, that you will see. Um, but once again, when it comes down late, the, the LA Chargers find a way to screw the game up. It, it's just something in the DNA that has traveled with them from San Diego and is a little bit concerning. For the Titans, I was disappointed in how their offense showed up last week against New Orleans. Um, but again, that's a good New Orleans defense that they played against and it's an offense that people are expecting to do well in New Orleans and the defense held them to 16 points so I think there are some positives to take away from a, a Titans perspective uh, one of them is not Traylon Burks as he led the team in routes run and had just three targets but DeAndre Hopkins looked not like DeAndre Hopkins of old, but looked like a solid number one wide receiver. If you drafted him high, he is someone who I think is going to pay off for you at the, the wide receiver position. One thing to keep an eye on, Ty J, uh, Ty, Ty J Spears, sorry, um, 20 routes run, 34 snaps. He had actually more snaps in the game than Derrick Henry. That is going to be really fascinating from a fantasy perspective. He's probably owned all over the place, um, but... If that is someone you can snag, that that is, I, I think, someone, and if you're in the, the props market, that I think that is absolutely someone you want to, to keep an eye on there going forward. On the, the, the Chargers side, we'll see about Mike Williams' health going forward. I was really interested that Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly basically split snaps the, the whole game, and Kelly 
was not an insignificant part of the offense with 16 carries to Austin Eckler also with 16 carries with five targets in the passing game. One of them is significantly better than the other at the sport of football, but Joshua Kelly being that much a factor in this offense in super deep leagues is someone who I would be looking for in this one. I do think the Chargers bounce back. Um, I think their offense is one that is going to be able to just outpace what, what Tennessee does. Um, if they don't, again, this is a huge game for both of these teams. Both teams 0-1. Um, if the Chargers go 0-2 to start the year, then it's it's major panic time for a team that I picked to finish as the one seed in the the, the AFC. Um, and like I have both these teams winning their divisions, one of them starting 0-2, which isn't awesome for me. But I, I do think that the Chargers offense is just going to be able to put up a few more points than, than what Tennessee's offense is going to be able to muster. That is literally how football works and how teams win. But I, I hope you understand what I'm saying with that. So the pick is the Chargers minus two and a half, and that is going to be one that we click on here. Um, and it is for DraftKings, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert at 7K and stack him with Keenan Allen at 7.1K. Old-fashioned notebook. Um, Seattle taking on Detroit. Obviously a, a banner night for Detroit, but we said before, not entirely impressed with the offense. You, you had a, a night where I think everything kind of went perfect for you. Um, they, they get a pick six. One of the touchdowns is created by a fake punt that kept the offense on the field. So, cool, man. Um, I just don't think they have the offense to move the ball that much, quite frankly. Uh, Jameer Gibbs looks special. David Montgomery looked every bit like David Montgomery, just kind of running into people. But I, I, I do not believe that this is going to be um, an offense that puts up a lot of points. On the Seattle side, this is a real interesting test. They looked like dog shit against the LA Rams in week one. We will see now, can they bounce back in this particular matchup? I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they are uh, able to, to do. I, one of the things we were looking for, how are the wide receivers used? DK Metcalf led the team in snaps. Tied for the lead in route runs, uh, routes ran and tied for the lead in targets. Lockett had two fewer snaps, same amount of routes, fewer targets. Uh, JSN, significantly fewer snaps, a few fewer routes run, same amount of targets as DK Metcalf. So basically we didn't learn anything in, in week one aside. Like DK Metcalf is solid, but JSN is going to be a big part of this offense going forward. Charbonnet was another one we were high on, only 11 snaps in this game. This is another one where I'm interested to see do the running backs go a little bit higher. I think Seattle's defense bounces back here. I think they hold Detroit and I, I'm going to go Seattle plus four and a half. Our DraftKings play is going to be uh, Seattle at five point, or, uh, sorry, our DraftKings play is uh, Kenneth Walker III at 5.8. Okay, Indianapolis taking on Houston. The Texans are favored by one. Um, that's insane to me. So, uh, like, th we don't need to do a, a huge breakdown in this. Uh, I think Zach Moss checks back in. Deion Jackson did nothing for the, the Colts. Wouldn't it be nice if the Colts had a really good running back? Um, Michael Pittman was an absolute monster. I would expect that again this week. I think he has another big week. I just don't think the Texans are very good. So them getting being favored in any way is an automatic star and a pick for the other team. So I am going the Indianapolis Colts um, plus one. I didn't even look at what the, the money line was for that. It's probably not significant, but uh, we're going to go Colts plus one. Our DraftKings play is Nico Collins. He had 11 targets in week one. Um, the, the Colts defense didn't look overly impressive. So I, I 
I think Nico Collins has a, another good game. Interested to see how Damian Pierce bounces back in this one. Moving on, Green Bay taking on Atlanta. The Falcons favored by a point and a half. Obviously, the big story this week, uh, for week one anyway, for Atlanta was Bijan Robinson, but Tyler Algier was very much a factor. I would expect that content to continue for a little bit here. So I, I think Algier is someone you can start. I would start Drake London, but um, the, the leash is not much longer. Uh, he had just one target this week. Desmond Ritter just showed, check down, check down, check down. Um, Bijan Robinson led the team in targets. They, they did not push the ball down the field a whole lot. So I, I have major concerns about Drake London. On the, the Green Bay side of things, we'll see how Watson's doing. We'll see how Romeo Dobbs is doing. But I said before that this is not an offense that's going to take a major step back from where they were last year. In fact, there may be some improvement just based on the receiver's improvement. And Romeo Dubs with a big game. Again, he is on the injury report, so, are, so is Christian Walker. Um, but if those guys are out, Jalen Reed, I think is fine. Reed had five targets um, in this one. We'll see about Aaron Jones this week. He's also a little bit banged up. But I think this Green Bay offense is advanced beyond where Atlanta is. And I think the Green Bay defense is better than where Atlanta's is right now. So I, I like the Packers here. We're going to go Green Bay plus one and a half. That's also one that we are clicking on. And for DraftKings, we're going Romeo Dubs at 4.5K. If he is hurt, we're going Reed at 3.4K. Uh, Chicago taking on Tampa Bay. We said the Bucks. We told you about the Bucks last week. That was one of our better calls of the week uh, as they beat the Minnesota Vikings straight up. So obviously covering five and a half. Um, Rashad White with 54 snaps. The next closest running back on his team had 10. On the Chicago side, that was a concerning week. But DJ Moore only with two targets. We'll see if that kind of improves. The offensive line is a concern in Chicago. Um, I, I do think that they kind of get back on track here, so I'm going to go Bears plus two and a half. But this is going to be that this is a big week for me for Chicago, uh, a team who I said I want lots of parts of this offense. In week one, they kind of all disappointed, minus Justin Fields. How can this team take us, or does this team take a step forward against Tampa Bay this week? Huge get right game here for the Giants as they take on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Zach Ertz led all tight ends in targets with 10. And 21 receiving yards. That's going to be Arizona's offense this year. There isn't a whole lot that we need to get to on the Arizona side of things. And there isn't a whole lot statistically you can read into what happened with the Giants last week. They just got shit kicked. And so that, that's one, burn the film and move on. The offensive line is a concern. Absolutely. Darren Waller's health is a concern. Absolutely. All of those things were true coming into the season. And they all remain true now. We will see how they step up here going forward, but I, I do think they step up. I think the Giants only being favored by four is a slap in the face. I think they win this one convincingly. That is a pick. Um, keep an eye on Darren Waller's health, but right now he is our DraftKings play at five and a half um, thousand. The Rams taking on San Francisco. Big win for the Rams last week. And I, I, I wanted to see coming out of this one, are the Rams for real? Are they not for real? We're not going to learn that this week, unless they come out and kick the shit out of San Francisco. But um, if they lose to the, the, Ram, to the, the 49ers, they were always going to lose to the 49ers. There are 28 to 30 teams in this league that I would pick to lose to the, the San Francisco 49ers. So it's tough that we don't get a, a real learning opportunity here for the Rams. Interested to see what happens in this backfield. Kyron Williams had 53 snaps to Cam Akers 22, but Akers had 22 carries to Williams' 17. So that's interesting. I find that interesting. Um, I think Kyron Williams in deep leagues is someone you want to pick up. I probably wouldn't be using this week. This is interesting to me. On San Francisco, you worried, oh, there's so many weapons. These guys are going to get drowned out. Ayuk, uh, eight targets. Debo, six targets. Kittle, six targets. CMC, four targets with 22 carries. All of these guys have opportunities to, to make plays. It was Ayuk who made them last week. 
it's going to be Debo one week. Some weeks it's going to be all of them. Um, but I, I think all of them are very much high level options to play in fantasy. Um, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm not overthinking it. Christian McCaffrey is uh, one of the big spends we have this week in DraftKings at 8.9. And I am absolutely clicking on San Francisco minus seven and a half. The Jets taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys favored by nine and a half. Dallas put an absolute whooping on the New York Giants in week one. The defense steps up in a big time way. And um, at that point, like everything was just spiraling against the Giants. So again, it's a tough one to get, to get a, a real re read on. On the Jets side, obviously you have concerns about the quarterback, but now they had a chance to game plan with Zach Wilson for the entire week. Not it's not training camp, but it's the entire week they're able to, to do that with, uh, with Zach Wilson. So I, I think that there's going to be a level of comfort, I guess, that they're going to be able to, to put together here with him this week. That defense looks exceptional, and the skill positions around Zach Wilson look exceptional. I think this is going to be a real battle this week. Um, I was looking at the total. It's 38 and a half, so it's a bit too... Um, bit too small for my liking. I don't think Dallas runs away with this one. They're nine and a half point favorites. I'm picking the Jets, but the one I'm clicking on is Dak Prescott over 0.5 interceptions. You're telling me that the defense that picked off Josh Allen three times last week isn't going to get one against the guy who threw the most interceptions in the NFL last season? Come on. Um, so I will, I am absolutely clicking on Dak Prescott over um, 0.5 interceptions. Three games left on the NFL schedule. Let's go. Uh, to waiting all day for Sunday night uh, with the Miami Dolphins taking on the New England Patriots. The Patriots' defense looked as advertised, so this is going to be a really interesting matchup with New England's defense going up against the offensive weapons out in Miami. Um, a couple of notes from this one. Uh, something called Durham Smith had seven targets for Miami. He's the tight end for uh, for the Dolphins. If that continues, that's something to, to keep an eye on. And Raheem Mostert had 46 snaps out of 62 in that backfield. It wasn't even close to a, a split. So even if um, A-Chain comes back, ooh, that, it's, it's concerning to me how, how that backfield went. I don't even think Mostert's that good, but... That, that is a real eye-opener that he got so much of the backfield, even with just um, Ahmed back there uh, as the, the backup. Man, oh man, that, that, that's a lot. On the New England side of things, Kendrick Bourne, 73 snaps, 54 routes run, 11 targets. He is the number one option for New England. Um, he is someone who I have picked up in a couple of fantasy leagues and am keeping an eye on in the other ones. Um, he, he is our DraftKings play. This week, and um, Ramondre Stevenson, 58 snaps to Ezekiel Elliott's 28. Ramondre is so much better. It was so clear watching that, that Ramondre Stevenson is so much better. He is a number one running back. I think he's going to continue to to get two-thirds of the looks, at least, going forward. I, I just... This Miami offense going up against New England defense, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Even if Miami's offense slows down a little bit, I don't think that... New England is going to be able to keep up. So I like Miami uh, to win this one. I am clicking on Miami minus two and a half. Um, Cleveland taking on Pittsburgh. It's a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Cleveland taking on Pittsburgh. One thing that was interesting to me was Donathan Peoples-Jones led the team in snaps and targets. Now, Amari Cooper had to get spelled out for, for injury concerns for a little bit, but if Cooper continues to be third on the wide receiver depth chart in terms of targets, um, then he is absolutely, that, that might be, honestly, if you can trade him by the weekend, that, that might be one where I am looking to, to get off of that. I wasn't high on it to start the year, um, and I 
I'm super not high on it now. But a, a strong Cleveland performance last week against a, a good Cincinnati team. Again, it was a weather game, but the weather was the same for both teams. So, um, bravo to to, uh, to to Cleveland. We'll see what they are able to do here against a Pittsburgh team that got punched in the mouth last week over and over and over again against the, the San Francisco 49ers. So, we'll, we will see now that there's no... Um, there's no Deontay Johnson probably for the next few weeks. We, we will see who can step up in his absence. Um, Alvin Robinson led the team in targets, which is not a sentence you want said about your offense in 2023. The play here is Pittsburgh minus two and a half, but I'm not coming anywhere close to clicking on that one. This is kind of a, a information gathering game for me. And the, um, the, the DraftKings play for us is going to be Nick Chubb at 8.1K. And our last one, New Orleans taking on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Saints favored by three and a half. I think that's a little insulting to them as well. Um, I think the Tennessee Titans defense is going to be a little bit better than people anticipated. And I think Carolina's really bad. I, I think this is a really bad football team. So I just, I don't see anywhere where they have an edge against New Orleans. Um, I I think this is going to be a game where Derek Carr and the uh, the, the Saints uh, shine. So I didn't uh, star this one before, but this is absolutely a pick that we are clicking on this week is New Orleans minus three and a half. Into the Canadian Football League we go now, and it is time for our CFL picks. Uh, we did CFL power rankings on Wednesday. You can find that on that day's show. Um, so here we go. Let's first start with uh, what is happening tonight, as it is the Toronto Argonauts taking on the Montreal Alouettes. Argos have the chance to wrap up an East Division crown, and I think they do just that. It is very clear to me this team, if not the best team in the CFL, they are certainly the best team in the East Division, and I, I think they take care of business against Montreal tonight. Like the, the Argos, I think are, or sorry, the Alouettes, sorry, are a, a talented football team for sure. They are a talented football team, but they ain't Toronto. Like this is an Argos team that is deep. They have talent all over the field. I don't know if there's one aspect of football that the Alouettes are better than the Argos at. So I, I will go Argos minus six and a half. Saskatchewan taking on Edmonton. A lot of people fired up about the Elks. They are three and a half point underdogs or three point underdogs, depending on where you're looking, taking on a Saskatchewan team that just got that ass whooped on uh, the weekend against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I, I do think Saskatchewan gets the job done here. Like uh, Trey Ford has been absolutely um, a, a godsend to the, the Edmonton Elks and someone who has really helped to establish some momentum with that team. But Saskatchewan, minus this last week, obviously, has been building some momentum of their own. And they have a quarterback now who you feel comfortable with. Aside from giving up 51 points to Winnipeg, you feel comfortable with his defense as well. So I think Saskatchewan, while this has been a nice run for the Elks, they still aren't as good as some of these teams. And... I think them being competitive with the Stamps over the last couple of weeks is actually more about the Stampeders than it does anything else. So I do think Saskatchewan comes away with a win of at least three points. So I like the Riders in that one. Moving to Saturday, Winnipeg taking on Hamilton. A little surprise, this line is only at six and a half. The Blue Bombers seemed to get back on track last week against Saskatchewan. This offense showed how dynamic it can be either through the air or on the ground. That defense can be fucking suffocating when, when they're on a roll. And Hamilton... They're just not on this level. Like, I, I am surprised that this line comes in and under a touchdown. Um, the the Ticats offense is fine. The defense is okay. But again, Winnipeg is just better all over the field. So I think the, the Bombers take it. And then BC taking on Ottawa. I sit on three down this week. I don't know what the line would have to be for me to take uh, Ottawa, but it ain't nine and a half. 
Um, I, I think BC absolutely wipes the floor with the, the, the Red Blacks. Again, I, I've said before, I think Ottawa does have something building here. I like the quarterback. There are a couple pieces on offense I like, a couple pieces on defense that I like. But you can throw the ball deep downfield on this team, and I, I think BC takes full advantage of that um, in, in this matchup. So I, I like the, the BC Lions to win this one rather handily. Um, and so I, I like them minus nine and a half. So there are your CFL picks for this week. That's the football portion of the show. Now let's get into some fight talk. Just a quick one for the fights portion of Fights in Football Friday here today, as it is UFC Noche coming to you from Vegas. Uh, it's a little weird, but it is uh, Mexican Independence Day um, weekend, I guess. It's to, to celebrate Mexican Independence Day anyway. And this would normally be where Canelo is fighting, but the UFC was able to scoop this date. So Canelo fights at the end of the month. And Alexa Grasso defends the World Flyweight Championship on free TV against Valentina Shevchenko in a rematch of their bout from earlier this year year. Um, first off, I love that they are doing this, that this great showcase for Alexa Grasso and um, kind of highlighting what has been a banner year for Mexican mixed martial arts. And something that I, I think this company desperately needed was to, to really grow in that market. And I, I think they've done so magically. Now, this should be happening in Mexico, but happening at T-Mobile Arena is kind of the next best thing. So I think that this is going to be a crowd that is going to be absolutely amazing. And I, I think this is going to be a really electric atmosphere. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this bout, because on the one hand, you have Valentina Shevchenko, who is one of the three or four most, talent, most talented fighters in the history of women's mixed martial arts, and is up there in just mixed martial arts in general. But uh, Alexa Grasso, that was not a fluke win um, by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I think that that win showed that while I do think there is a talent gap there, it, it's just, it's something that Luke Thomas has talked about on, on Showtime and on Morning Combat. This is a fighter in Valentina Shevchenko who just has a lot of tape out there. And Alexa Grasso was able to, to kind of see um, where there was an opening and take advantage. That that was not a fluke, just back pounce or whatever. That was, um, that was scouted and that was recognized and was taken advantage of by Alexa Grasso. I think that they have a, a smart game plan and they know what to do here against Shevchenko. Now, I could say that, and I would still get the ever-loving fuck kicked out of me by Shevchenko. She is, again, one of the most talented fighters you will ever see in the history of the sport. I just think that Grasso has reached a point where, where she has scouted this extremely well. She knows what Shevchenko is looking to do, and I, I think will be able to, to take advantage. So I think Alexa Grasso comes away with the upset win. I'm picking Grasso to win this bout. In the co-main event, really interesting fight in welterweight as Kevin Holland goes up against Jack Della Maddalena. Um... Della Maddalena is someone fighting out of Australia, so a little interesting. He wasn't on the, the pay-per-view last week, but he is on just an absolute tear. Lost his first two fights in Eternal MMA and has gone on to rattle off 15 wins in a row. But this is a gigantic step up in competition as he goes up against Kevin Holland, who fought back in July, not too long ago. Back-to-back -back wins over Santiago Ponzinibbio and Michael Chiesa. He, uh, after back-to-back -back losses, admittedly, against Stephen Thompson and Hamzat Shemaev, but this is, I think, a massive test for Jack Della Maddalena 
But I think that for the, the rising prospect and for someone who a lot of people are excited about at 170 pounds, I think Della Maddalena adds his name to some of the, the, the upper echelon in this division. I think he gets the job done in, again, his biggest test. And, you know, sometimes I steer away, steer away from those. But I think Della Maddalena has been ready for this step up in competition and will prove on Saturday night that he is ready for the step up in competition. So that is what we are looking at for... Um, for the UFC card this weekend. So, all of that being said, it is now time to get into today's ticket. All right, um, this is a lengthy one. This is uh, uh, D-Gen special, I would say, for you guys uh, here today. We start on Friday. Um, we're doing every CFL game this week. Toronto, minus six and a half against the Montreal Alouettes. I just think the Argos are so much better than, than Montreal, so I feel comfortable with that one. We're going Saskatchewan, minus three against Edmonton. Kind of the same logic there. I, I said it before, I don't understand how Winnipeg is favored by less than a touchdown against the, the Ticats. Um, so I, I will go Winnipeg, minus six and a half. And very chalky, we're going BC, minus nine and a half. Uh, we just went over some of the, the UFC picks, but we are going to go Jack Della Maddalena, minus 145 to, to beat Kevin Holland. And we're going to go with the underdog champion, Alexa Grasso, plus 145 to win um, and retain her championship against Valentina Shevchenko. Moving on to the National Football League uh, coming up on Sunday, going to go with Dak Prescott over 0.5 interceptions. That is at plus 106. Uh, the Chargers, minus two and a half against the Tennessee Titans. Indianapolis, plus one and a half against the uh, the, the Houston Texans. Also, a little bit of a money line sprinkle. A little, little bit. A little money line sprinkle on there as well. Uh, same thing with Green Bay. Plus two and a half against the Atlanta Falcons and plus 112 on the money line. Uh, the New York Giants, minus four against the Arizona Cardinals. I said before, that is almost insulting. Uh, San Francisco, minus seven and a half against the LA Rams. The Miami Dolphins, minus two and a half against the New England Patriots. And then over to Monday, the New Orleans Saints, minus two and a half against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you could do like a 15-team parlay or whatever. How many is that even? We got four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, just a 16-team parlay. Roll with it. Roll with it and then put a down payment on a house. Kidding about all of that. Absolutely joking about all of that. Don't do anything I just said. Um, all right, but I will hit track. Uh, it took a sec. Um, oh, we have a... Uh, odds have changed. Oh, well, we will go select verified on that one and then hit the uh, the old track button. So there we go. 16 <laughs> plays laid down um, for today's ticket. Uh, that's today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you all so much. Uh, if you're watching, subscribe to the channel, like the video. Um, if you're watching and don't know, I have a podcast called Couch Potato Diary. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. If you are listening to a podcast, rate review, subscribe wherever you can. I'm doing all these in video form now. You can find them up on YouTube. Just search Couch Potato Diary or search Primetime Klein. You will find it there. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you all so much. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at Primetime Klein, twitch.tv slash PK, and you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com uh, coming up next week it is the start of NHL previews as crazy as that seems uh, yep we are starting with NHL previews looking at the best players in the NHL coming up on Monday um, plus full NFL reaction blah 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 blah. going to be uh, a whole lot of fun NBA previews will be here before you know it and I might even yell and scream about the Blue Jays a little bit more so uh, thank you all so much for tuning in and I will talk to you all 
later.